Welcome to the Express, I'm Bilal Vakani, and it's time for a little late SmackDown review. I'll throw in 205 as part of the NXT NXT UK review tomorrow, and you can follow me at BilalV87 on Twitter. But let's kick it off with how SmackDown started as the New Day cut a promo. They were quickly interrupted by Dolph Ziggler, and this segment grew on me, perhaps because something was growing on my very old birthday cake I had while I watched this. Uh, it was kind of getting hard, so I left that cake in the fridge too long. But uh, this was some good back and forth. I still don't really buy Ziggler as a uh, long-term competitor. He just seems like a seat filler. And having him take on Xavier Woods directly after this in the opening match didn't really help that feel. But uh, it was a good match, and I still am eager to see him take on Kofi Kingston on Sunday at Stomping Grounds. Now, uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn did run in to interfere on this match, but that also that was all sort of pushed aside as them and other New Day members, Kofi Kingston and Biggie, were ejected, and Ziggler sort of wanted himself, all things considered. So the main two storylines were Kofi and Seth Rollins, and we're going to follow that thread through. Uh, Shelton Benjamin and the B-Team talked about being the special referee for Baron Corbin at Stomping Grounds. And Matt Hardy, well, he came out of Corbin's locker room, because apparently that's where these guys were standing. I didn't figure that out until Matt Hardy walked out of the door. He had a great line uh, where he referred to Shelton as Senor Benjamin, and uh, the B-team leader paid for wanting to team up with Corbin, or at least be his referee, as Seth took them out. After their match, which we'll get into later with Heavy Machinery. Shane later showed up in a limo, but he was met by Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, who were quite upset with not just what Seth Seth Rollins was doing, but also Kofi Kingston. So uh, Shane had the great idea to put him in a two out of three falls match against said people. So we got a tag team match later. The match itself, and I'll get back to Shane because obviously he wasn't done there. But the match itself saw Kofi quickly, and I do mean quickly, right out of the bat, hit a trouble in paradise on Sammy. He got the win, and then Seth defeated KO. The champs look strong. These guys who aren't on the card, of course, don't look strong. You know, I would have liked if you protected Sammy or KO, probably KO. Um, That didn't work. So that was the storyline in a nutshell for the New Day and uh, Seth. It was okay. I, I'm, I'm kind of feeling like this wild card thing, while it gives you some unique opportunities, it's kind of gotten out of control. It's definitely more than four people on most shows, not always, but most of the time. And I kind of hope it just slowly goes away and we can go back to building these brands. Um, not crazy about this, but this was all okay and there were some good moments. I really was pretty out of it by the main event. Uh, and I fast-forwarded the crap out of the SmackDown. I got through it in about an hour and a half. Uh, I just didn't want to see anything from Raw again. I didn't want to see any of the entrances. I, I really wanted to get through this. The AOP uh, did visit Baron Corbin. They didn't face any remorse, but they did run into the Iconics, who, as they turned the corner, ran into the Kabuki Warriors, or as I'm going to call them, Pages Warriors, because it's basically what they are. And turns out that everybody forgot all those wins that Asuka, Asuka and Kari Zane, Kari Zane had scored on the Iconics. 
as next week in Japan, they will not get a title match, but it's instead, again, will face off with the Iconics for the hope of a future title match, which seems odd, but okay. It's a step in the right direction. Speaking of tag teams, Heavy Machinery took on the B team, who I mentioned earlier. This was before Rollins attacked them. But really what was notable here was Daniel Bryan and Rowan, although Rowan, did, I don't think he spoke, but they were both on commentary. Bryan was superb on commentary. Go watch it. That's all I can say. He was great. Um, and basically he was just sort of sizing up Heavy Machinery and sort of making the point that while they're busy taunting and being goofballs, He'll get the win uh, when they defend the tag team titles against them. And I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to this. And uh, Brian made a good point about how the B team were now being taken seriously, which I don't really uh, believe, but uh, it's, uh, it's, it's an argument. Moving on. So Shane McMahon comes out with Drew McIntyre and Elias. Uh, of course, he was interrupted by The Miz, who played some of the footage uh, from Raw where they were all embarrassed. So Shane says, all right, you're going to have a tag team match with Drew and Elias, but you have 10 seconds to find an opponent. Of course, R-Truth at that very moment popped out of the ring, and this turned out to be an elimination match. Of course, R-Truth was the first one eliminated, and then The Miz uh, faced, faced the wrath of these two big men. But what, what really came out of this was really one of the highlights of the whole show, and I wish I put it higher, but it just didn't fit my narrative, and that was uh, R-Truth... We saw Carmella kind of looking for our truth before uh, the Ember Moon segment, which I'll get to at the end because it was stupid. Um, but Carmella's looking for our truth. We then cut to our truth a little later. Uh, he, there's a car, but there's a referee in front of the car. And then he looks back at Carmella, and our truth says, You look a little short, Carmella. We then find out it is Drake Maverick. He has concocted a perfect plan uh, with a referee who apparently uh, rented a very nice SUV, uh, probably one he couldn't afford. And essentially what happens is, eventually, Drake Maverick gets the pin while losing his fake breasts in the process. And he pins our truth gets in the referee's, again, expensive SUV, to which he says, Bill me, I'm going to a wedding. And he is now the 24-7 champion. And as he leaves, he yells, I'm getting married, I'm the 24-7 champion. And our truth does not seemed to be upset he lost the title he seems to be more upset that Carmella was getting married and he wasn't invited which was delightful and one of my highlights of the show equally good or pretty close was the moment of bliss where Bailey and Alexa bliss went head to head as Alexa asked for a coffee Bailey comes out sipping out of her mug the two go back and forth, uh, sort of, you know, flushing out a lot of what they've alluded to all this time. It's all very good. I highly recommend you watch it. Um, the, the interesting thing, obviously, is Bailey is the aggressor here, not Alexa, despite the fact she's the face. Nikki's in an interesting situation because Bailey strikes first and gets on top of Alexa. Eventually, Nikki comes in, she pulls her off, and... By pulling her off and again telling Bailey to stop, it gives Alexa a chance, I think, to hit Bailey with a microphone or at least get a sucker punch. And Bliss, who I shouldn't have called Becky, walks away and slowly Nikki follows her out. Now, I kind of wish Nikki was a little more conflicted by this. She seems very much in the camp of Alexa. It's a little too easy. 
but this is really, really good. This is one of the best rivalries, men or women, on WWE right now. And I, I give it up to all three of these women. They've done a great job. Um, a little less impressive was Selena Vega being stalked by Apollo Crews. She starts to touch his t-shirt, at which point uh, he's a little uncomfortable. And Andrade hits him from behind. The problem with this, the only problem with this, well, I'm not crazy about the whole premise. But my problem with this is that this is directly after Bailey attacks Alexa. And we're now seeing Andrade, probably two minutes later, attacking Apollo, just from the other side. Uh, it's just, you know, book this better. Spread these guys out. Uh, speaking of Selena Vega, her husband, Alistair Black, continues to cut promos to nobody uh, and continue to write this narrative that nobody is willing to fight him, which I find very hard to believe on a WWE roster that has probably 200 people. Uh, and the worst segment on SmackDown, as far as I'm concerned, it, it really would be the Shane McMahon segment if it didn't lead to other things, and I, I appreciate the Miz calling him out for what he has been, at least in our minds. Ember Moon uh, bumps into Carmella, as I mentioned earlier, and then she just hunts down Sonya and Mandy. I, I, I didn't even see what exactly she did, but she sort of hit one of them, and they had donuts, and that was it. I, I They sort of alluded to Carmella possibly helping Ember, but they didn't do that. She doesn't have another friend in this fight. Uh, this is such a waste of these women. Uh, I'd almost much rather have a fatal four-way situation with the women's title because these women, especially Ember, could do this, and especially Sonya, could very easily be part of a triple threat feud for the women's title. And look at that. It's almost 10 minutes, and I'm done. You can follow me at BilalV87 on Twitter. I'll be back tomorrow with NXT, NXT UK, and WWE 205. My time's up. Peace.